going on, everybody? Thank you uh, again for listening uh, to another episode of Vantage Point. Man, this week, um, I'm bringing y'all a very special guest, a good friend of mine, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma, right around the corner from me, literally. Uh, But for some of you, you may have seen her if you're uh, Transformation Nation, but I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about who she is, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for having me. My name is Melody Faith Dunlap, and I am Tulsa born and raised and proud of it, believe it or not. Um, I'm 34 (laughs) years old. I am a singer, songwriter, administrator, (laughs) um, future author. We're going to talk about that, too. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Um, Wife. I love my husband and we have a business together doing um, media consulting and uh, events for small businesses and individuals. So that's um, definitely been being taking up a lot of my time and energy and attention during this quarantine when I'm not working my regular job. (laughs) So Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Mel, so much for being um, a part of Vantage Point. And you mentioned quarantine. So, you know, we're going to talk about the, the the elephant in everybody's room right now. But, um, you know, just how, how have y'all been doing during pandemic? What has this time done for you and just your perspective on it? Mm-hmm. Well, this has actually been it's like you know the 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 old um i don't know if it's from a fairy tale or something like that they say it was the best of times it was the worst of times. <laughs> right because <laughs> it really obviously globally it's been a terrible situation you know and there are people mm-hmm. who are suffering and have lost loved ones that are close to me um and we even you know hit home because my cousin who i'm very very close with um, was diagnosed with the virus and was hospitalized in New York and Manhattan. We couldn't contact him at oh, first. Wow. It was scary, you know, and he mm-hmm. had it really, really bad. He was rushed to the ER and, you know, we were just praying that he was going to get a, uh, get a, a, a bed and um, an actual hospital room and all that. But God literally came through. Um, he was, you know, he was sent praying nurses and Amen. even another patient in the room next to him was praying for him. I mean, it was crazy. And he ended up recovering within three or four days. He was able to be released Mm -hmm. from the hospital and join his mom in Atlanta. So he's thriving and doing well down now. Um, But yeah, so while it's been crazy and the worst of times, it has also been um, really a boom of creativity and uh, just maximizing. Like that's, my husband and I had this word for the year, maximize. Um, It's a word that we Mm -hmm. believe God gave us at the beginning of this year when we were praying and fasting. And we had no idea <laughs> that we were going to have so much time <laughs> to actually yeah, yeah. on our business and gifts and talents and just, you know, projects that we've put off and that we've had kind of on the back burner a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, it was really exciting to see that this time window opened up for us to be able to concentrate on some of those things. So like I said, I've been working on a book. Um, definitely mm-hmm. gotten a lot of, of headway on that in this time. That's mm-hmm. been really, really great. Um, besides working on everything, my husband and I have just been enjoying each other's company and it's great. Like, yeah. I mean, we, we do a lot together anyway. And, you know, mm-hmm. we go a lot of places together. We like taking trips together and things like that. Um, but just being in the house, I know that it probably could drive some married couples or some families crazy. Like, I'm not going to say yeah. that we had, you know, just perfect every single day. For the most part, we've just been having fun with each other. Yeah. Like, We'll dance around in our living room and call it a date night. We, <laughs> I've tried different <laughs> recipes. 
recipes of, you know, things that I'm, I'm running out of ideas of things to cook. So I just look up yeah, stuff yeah. and something new and, you know, but we've just been having a really good time working together, living together um, and, you know, loving each other, spending time with God. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. literally, I just, I feel like rejuvenated. And I knew that the yeah. season before this, I was getting kind of exhausted. So it was actually in a way mm-hmm. an answer prayer for me to have this whole time off of work. I work for a school and uh, yeah. we have been back to school since spring break in March. So yeah. yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Of, um, I'm praising God for his provision through this time too. Cause literally mm-hmm. we haven't wanted for anything and it's crazy cause he was furloughed from his job. I'm not working right now, but um, God has sent Amen. resources. So it's been, it's really been a blessed time. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I, and I know um, even last week when we talked to, uh, Pastor Sam, he had said um, a divine pause is what he called it. And just really seeing um, a couple of things you touched on, like, you know, the worst of times, yes, it's been some some really tough times. And I know I, I had even found out myself that someone I knew or used to work with um, had passed from the virus um, and wasn't that much older than me. And so it's one of those, you know, where I, I know I've heard people like, oh, it's just this group of people that are dealing with this and it's like no it's it's a global thing it doesn't matter how old it doesn't matter how young white black it's it's everywhere um but also like you talked about that creativity and i think that's something that's rang true every with everyone we've talked to in a way there's been some level of creativity birthed out of this and so i know you said writing a book and so i don't want to go too deep into that because i don't want to let everything out your bag but just give us a little bit, um, not necessarily the premise, but just just that walk that you're on right now, that that author walk. Just what does that what does that mean to you, and what is what is that manifesting into? Well, um, gosh, without going too deep, <laughs> it's hard because <laughs> right. it's music that hits home with me it yeah. resonates in my life so strongly. Um, the book is about overcoming insecurity, and so. Okay. Um, I'll put it this way. The very first time that I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, you have to write this book, was in January of 2018. It's always in fasting and prayer. <laughs> yeah, something about that time, right? <laughs> but um, literally, we were at, you know, obviously, I'm a TC member. Shout out TC Nation. Um, okay. So, Nation Church, and we're doing our 21 days of prayer and fasting in January. And I was kind of in the routine that year. You know, we just get so used to um, this is just what we do every January and this, we go mm-hmm. to prayer at this time and this is what I eat. So I don't eat. It was kind of not, uh, I don't want to say it was not challenging me, but I was, I was like, God, I just, I need you to hit me with something fresh. I need something new. I need something to just kind of slap me in the face with some revelation right now yeah, yeah. so that I can wake up from just going through a mundane ritual of religious practice. And so, um, he told me, he said, okay, I want you to read Genesis. And I was like, what? <laughs> That doesn't sound okay. like new or fresh at all to me. I've read Genesis a lot of times. Story of creation. Thank you so much for creating everything. That's great. But I was obedient. I read it and I got stuck on um, the story of Adam and Eve. So I didn't even really make it past like chapter three. <laughs> and I got stuck. Wow. God gave me this amazing revelation on Eve. And when she went to um, take that, you know, forbidden fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden, the one tree God told her not to touch. I don't understand why Eve had to go to that tree. First of all, I really don't understand why God put that one tree there. I used to think like, 
Not that I would ever call the savior of the universe childish, but I was like, you know, this is, <laughs> there's some, I don't know how I feel about that, that you would, you would give us all of this and just put this one tree that we can't touch in the middle. That's just very rude. Right there in the middle. I am not God. <laughs> so I just accepted it. put it down the road or somewhere. Right. <laughs> put it right here. Right out of mind or something. Um, but, you know, he created this paradise. He puts this one tree in the middle. He says, don't eat from it. And then Eve wanders over to it one day. And then we know the story. The serpent tempts her and, mm -hmm. and says, um, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from this tree? You know, and so he tried to make her question um, what she already knew that God said. And that was the first thing that got to me. Like, I never had really realized how often that plays out in our lives. You know, like when, yeah. when you're whispering of the enemy and he's trying to get you to question something that you know God said. Like, God said, be kind. Mm. Did, he, did he really say you have to love your enemies? Did he really, you know, this is the simplest things. Did he really say yeah, yeah. you have a patient at this job? Did he really? I'm like, I know God said this. I know he did, you know. Um, or, you know, somewhere that God sent us, something that God told us to do, whatever. Like, he constantly comes yeah. to try to convert and make his question. And so that was the first mm -hmm. thing that really stuck out to me. And then the second thing was um, that Eve took the fruit. And, you know, when she was contemplating, like the Bible says that um, she basically had this thought process of wondering if God was holding out on her. Because then the next thing the serpent said was, um, he knows that you'll be just as wise and just as powerful as him if you were to have this. And so that made her feel like maybe God's holding out on me. Maybe there's something that I'm deficient in that, you know, he's not allowing me to be better. And that mm -hmm. couldn't have been further from the truth because he was giving her everything pertaining to life and godliness, just like the Bible says is done for us. But mm -hmm. she still fell into that trap. And so um, when I got stuck there and I was on my face and I'm trying to just, you know, really like soul search. I'm like, God, what, you know, what does this mean? Why am I like really just going back to this yeah. over and over again? And he told me, I want you to write a book about insecurity because that was Eve's struggle. She was insecure. She did not have enough um, faith and confidence and trust in the God who created her and gave her everything that she needed in order to li live and thrive. And she decided maybe he's holding out on her in some kind of way. And so she felt like she would take matters into her own hands because she needed to make her insignificant self feel better. And I was like, wow. Um, first of all, that's a mouthful. Second of all, who am I, this insecure woman, to write a book about overcoming insecurity? God, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> so um, yeah. the past two years has been a journey of him like stripping out insecurities from my own life and showing me as Eve in, you know, in areas yeah. where you know, the enemy has, has tried to whisper into my ear. And like I said, make me feel like I've questioned something that God said and that I know he said, you know, that's been confirmed mm -hmm. over and over again. Um, like I, I've, I've been nervous every time I've touched a microphone, I'm nervous right now. <laughs> you know, everything that I do, I even, I talk about it in a section of the book. Um, I would get dressed in the morning with other people's opinions in mind. Like I didn't even know mm -hmm. what I like to wear. And yeah. just that alone, I mean, we won't even go down the road of my whole testimony right now, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. alone was just, um, it was such a, a shaking factor because I, I really, it was like blindly, just subconsciously, I didn't even realize how much insecurity I was battling until God told me, write this book because your story needs to encourage someone else. But that means that he had to bring me through it first. So I'm literally yeah, yeah. writing 
at the same time that he's helping me walk through it. So I believe it's going to be powerful and I touch a lot of people. That's awesome because I know that, and, and first of all, thank you again, because, you know, even coming on here and I, I know that insecurity is something that more people deal with than they lead on to be, lead on to say. Um, I, I know, um, and it's funny because I've, I've said it a few times in, in this series with other people, um, and I even made a post about it. Like, that is something, I, like you said, every time you touch a microphone, every time I get on here, like, it's that, that, uh, that, uh, like, and, like, I, I know that feeling. Like, I, I mean, I don't sing, but being in doing this podcast and being, you know, um, I'm always like, am I going to say the wrong thing? Who's going to listen to this? Why should they care? Oh, there's plenty of podcasts out there. Why do I need to do, you know? And it's funny you said two years because that's when he, two years ago was when I got the podcast. Same, we was in the same January fast and I was in <laughs> with you. And, and I remember what he told me and it was just like, I need you to do this. And I'm just like, man, like, really? <laughs> like, okay, I'm gonna do it this way. And then I went on this whole path of doing it every which way, but the way he said do it. Like, I'm gonna write a blog. I'm gonna write, a, I'm gonna write this stuff. Like, that's not what he told me to do. He said, put your face and your voice out there. I'm like, and I just had this whole moat. And so it was only fitting my first series was about Moses and that whole insecure journey that he took. And so I love the perspective that you, that he showed you about Eve, because that's so true. And I even wrote this, this down when you were talking, I just said, how do you, how do you have everything and feel like you're missing something? Like that, like it's, it's in those moments where the enemy can wiggle on in there and, and say what he needs to say. And, and it, and it, I think people feel like it takes this massive move to, to sway your confidence, but it really, it's, it's like a little flick or a little prick or a little, just let me hit that right nerve at the right time. And I, you know, and I know, you know, how you're, you know, with the book and everything, but, and I know there's people probably listening to this that are like, man, oh man, like I, I hear what you're saying, this, this insecurity thing, I feel it, but man, I'm, I'm not, I'm not you. I can't do this. I can't do what God has called me to do. Like, what are you like in your walk? And like you said, you're still walking through it. And so I see you every Sunday on stage and it's, you know, it's interesting. People will see you and not just you, but anybody they'll see you doing what you're doing and won't see an ounce of insecurity in there, but yet it's there. And so how do you, you know, talk through with, cause I know you also do worship seminars and you talk about being able to worship God and, and, and really getting into that element of Christianity. And so, you know, how do you, how are you able to kind of touch in on that? And what is like, how is worship and insecurity? How does those things like, because I'm sure there's a correlation there with you in some way, of course. Oh, absolutely. That's an excellent question. Um, and I want to go back to that statement you made. I mean, that it's so simple, but so powerful. How do you have everything and still feel like you're missing something? Um, so many people like you said, have that perception of people who are on platforms and on stages and have microphones and have podcasts and have, 
you know, accomplish something that they wish to accomplish one day or that they admire. Um, and because they admire that one thing, that one success, they attribute yeah, it to yeah. that person's entire life. <laughs> you know, we yeah. follow people on Instagram and I was looking at somebody's page, a celebrity who shall remain nameless has 200 million followers. I was like, I don't even know what 200 million people looks like. <laughs> like what, is, what does that look right. like? And the one thing that they love about this person is they make good music. They, they sing and they're, you know, great performer. Yeah. And that's really great. But nobody, like, I would dare say at least a good 199 million of those people do not first personally know this artist, you know? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. it's in the same way that we correlate this fame and this um, success. Um, we tend to look at God that way and it challenges our perception of him whenever we look at our perception of people because Jesus was not aiming to be a celebrity. He wasn't yeah. walking around trying to get people to follow him, but all these people started following him. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. um, so in the same way, I think if somebody is good at something, you know, uh, the Bible says it like this, like a, a person's gift is without reproach. And, you know, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men and kings. Like it's supposed to do that. It's supposed to put you on that platform. But what you do after you get that platform is what defines your character. And uh, as a worship leader, uh, that hits completely home for me because the entire reason that worship leaders in church settings exist and minstrels exist, and even preachers and pastors, anyone who takes a platform in a church setting exists is to bring more glory to God and to show people firsthand on display with lights and cameras and you know, a microphone just to amplify their voice. It's supposed to just be a public display of affection for the God that we should all be serving that same way. And a lot of people tend to abuse that. They let their insecurities get in the way and they end up being prideful and it becomes the me show. And I want to see how many runs I can do and how many hoops I can jump through, and <laughs> how many puns I can, you know, spin and make yeah. you go, wow, and celebrate me and make it seem like it's my success. When in reality, it has nothing to do with me. The only reason I'm up here yeah. is because I'm a vessel that the ultimate most famous champion is flowing through, you know, and he's yeah. given me a talent. He's given me a gift. Yes. But I recognize that without him, I wouldn't even have this. So it's, it's imperative yeah. for people who take platforms in that way to understand you're just the conduit that he's flowing through and not try to take any of the glory for yourself. And that's literally the thing that Lucifer got kicked out of heaven for. He tried to take some yep. of the glory for himself because he felt like he deserved a promotion and God was holding out on him. And so he was like, you know what? I'm just going to take it instead. And I'm, I'm, I feel like he's holding out on me. I deserve, I'm entitled to all of that mentality yep. that's, you know, pride and insecurity um, caused his downfall. And it caused him to then lead Eve and lead so many of us after Eve astray, myself included at times, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so we have to really be sensitive to um, bringing ourselves back to our knees and remind ourselves who we are in Christ. Because, yeah, when you feel insecure, you're at the, the lowest point. You know, you're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But when we're at our lowest point of weakness, that's when his strength is made perfect through us. Yeah. And I think that's so good. And I, you know, it's funny talking about like that, like you talk about worship and, and, I don't know why this popped into my head. Like I can almost see God in those moments enjoying this worship, enjoying it, enjoying it. Cause that's what we give to him. Right. 
And then at the moment somebody goes on these runs or do these laps or do this extra that I feel like he just is probably like, what are you? Um, this is still supposed hey, to be. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. Hey. <laughs> and it's funny because it, it's, you know, and I've, I've, I've been in different church settings. I've, you know, I've seen different worship. And I know for me, um, it was something I was talking with somebody about. Worship wasn't a thing I did when I was early on in my walk. Like, I just didn't do it. I would, st- I would be in there and I would hear the words and hear the music, but I wasn't a, I didn't outwardly show um, what I felt on the inside. And it took, took a while for me to get there. And a lot of that goes back to insecurity. It was like, I don't want anybody to see this. And now it's to the point where like, I'll be at the house and like we, it was a whole situation with pandemic and all of this and kids was bored. And I said, you know what? I don't know how to help y'all. I'm going to go get some worship in. Cause I, I don't really know God. I, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to give you, per- and I will tell you that whole I'm bored just diminished over the, day, the next few days. And I just was like, I, that's the only thing I can connect that to. Cause I didn't give y'all nothing to do. <laughs> I just went and gave God that situation. And I feel like worship is like the one thing we can give to him that one, we can never, he can never get enough of, and we can never give it enough. Like there's, there's not, we, we won't get to a point where he's like, okay, that's enough worship. Like he's God. He deserved, he created everything, created heaven and earth and everything in between. And it, it's so like, when y'all are on stage, when when trans when I see Transformation Church on stage, like it, and I've said it even before, and I just say this, just give people context of where, because people will see TC where they are now, where we are now, and be like, oh, like no, 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 no. I remember on Pine, I would literally walk in there, and I could never explain what it was I felt until a few years ago and was like that's just the that's just the mood spirit of god up in here because he knows this worship is authentic um you know and so getting past all the the um i, I remember this line in drumline i remember I'm, I'm dating myself going back to giving a drumline reference but um i remember he called it like the it was like the musicianship or showmanship of music or whatever he called it um dr lee did and it was just like he was all like the one band was just all about show it was they sounded great but it was all a dance it was all this show see me see me but it wasn't about the music but i feel like at tc it's definitely about god that's that's what it's about it don't nothing else matters at that moment but god and when i tell people like who are listening to this go ahead i'm sorry i just all i said is if it's not vertical it's not worship like if it's not too yeah. forward about God, it's 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 not worshiping God. It's worshiping something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and, and I and I love even a few weeks ago when we had that moment at TC where it was just people was online. I mean, it was fifty thousand strong, and they were waiting on Pastor Mike to give a word. These relationship goals, you know, you know, and I and you could hear people like you could hear like you know okay, we done talked about. You know, Joseph in the pit long enough now. Talk to me about being single. Talk to me about being this. And I really feel like God would just put a whole pause on that and said he just, and and I really feel like it was almost 
this whole first two, three, three or four episodes, three or four messages were about the relationship with me, but y'all still didn't get it. So I'm going to pause this whole thing and let you get it. And so talk, cause that's, that's what I felt like. I literally have played that every day at some point, maybe not the whole thing, but if it was 10 minutes, I was like, let me turn this back on. And so I know you were in that. So talk a little bit about that experience. Cause I know people are watching it or have watched it if they, if they are transformation nation, but being in that moment, I think that really ties back into letting go of those insecurities, letting go of what anything you feel in the moment and just, it's just you and Jesus at that point. And so just go into that a little bit for us. Oh, um, that was definitely a breathtaking experience in the presence of God. And I've been privileged to be a part of many of those on platforms, but I've been part of more of them off platforms. I've been mm-hmm. a part of a lot of those moments by myself. <laughs> a lot of those moments yeah. with a few other believers, you know, just um, a Bible study or a meeting or a girl talk or <laughs> hanging out with friends turns into a, oh my God, God wrecked us all. <laughs> you know. And um, what I can say is like the thread that's honestly this common that ties all of those pieces together is knowing for a fact that it's not necessarily about the music. Like it has nothing really to do with what song is playing, what chord is being played, what's being sung. Um, or even if there's lights or cameras or anything else, it really is just about hearts and God responding to hearts. And if, if those two things happen, I mean, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time anyway. So you can access his presence 24 seven. But um, it was really, it's, it's just so special whenever you get with other believers and you can have the same encounter because you realize that there's more hearts. There's the way that I describe it whenever I do my, um, I, I have a curriculum that I developed for worship leaders and training. It's called Dear Worship Leader. And I've been doing workshops and stuff since um, let's see, January, well, since December of 2018. And um, one of the things that I uh, discuss with them in every single class, I want people to understand the worship cycle. It's um, similar to the water cycle. And it's something that the Holy Spirit showed me because I really love nature and I'm a nerd and love science and stuff like that. So (laughs) he showed me the water cycle, like think back eighth grade science class when, you know, precipitation falls, it collects and condenses um, in the earth and, you know, forms pools and pools of water and then evaporates back up and condenses in the clouds and then rains back down. And he said, it's the same thing whenever, you know, people, um, come together and assemble together and worship me, then that's collecting on the ground level. We're sending this worship and this praise and this sweet savor up to heaven. It collects in a glory cloud and then he rains back down everything that he is. So that's why even, you know, there's moments when we could be praying for something and, you know, just crying out to him, praying, 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 asking, asking, asking. But if we just get in his face and just tell him how great he is, and we name him as the answer and we start proclaiming who he is over that situation, he answers it in a way that you would have never even thought to pray because he just responds with who he is. And that's what I love about God. One of the things I love about God is that he is not dependent on us (laughs) to present it right. You know, like you don't have to be a singer. You don't have to be a dancer or musician or have any of the arts um, in your skill set to be able to worship God. He's just looking for a heart that desires him. Mm-hmm. And I, you know that that is so good because I really feel like um, 
Can you mute your uh, computer real quick while I'm, I think there's some feedback there. There we go. But I really feel like there's um, something that, like you said, it, it, you know, that, that heart posture, right? That, that ability to show God hears. And I think it's, I think sometimes we get confused with, um, or at least I know I have, so I'll speak for me. And, and, uh, you know, we think about worship, that's what we give to God, right? We're going to give him worship. But like you said, it's giving my heart that, that that's his response. He's going to respond to that heart. And yes, he responds, you know, and I'm, for some reason, I'm thinking of the scripture, cast your cares onto him because he loves you. Right. And so, yes, we do cast our cares to him. But in the midst of casting our cares, do we also cast him worship? And like, I like he'll respond either way. He's going to respond either way. But I feel like the response is different when it's when that cast of care is followed by worship. Because that let to me, that's like it's almost like in game back to the eighth grade science class where you know that you you had that one moment, whether it's science or history, and you finally got it. Or better better example, math class, because that was mine. Um, when you just that algebra was kicking your tail. But when that moment that that your teacher knew you got it and you just the look on your face, the relief you had and the teacher's like, now you got it. I really feel like when when God's people have that heart posture, like you're saying, like, because I, I talked about this the other day with somebody and I feel like like faith is like worship is a byproduct of your faith. Like that tells me how much your faith is in a situation. Like if I can tell you. Here's the situation you have going on in your life. You, you have cancer. It's pandemic. It's this. Are you going to sit there and, oh, God, why, why, why? Or are you going to say, you know what? I see the reality of it. Okay. God, I'm still going to give you the praise. I'm still going to give you the God. I'm still going to give you this, wor this worship. I'm going to give it to you um, in the midst of this. Because I really feel like that. Get, that that's the, like, we hear pastors say it all the time, but I feel like that's one of those things that gets God off the throne. Like that gets him up like, hold on, wait a minute, hold up. Like salvation is something that's celebrated in heaven. But when you give him worship in the midst of what you're going through or in the midst of bad news or whatever, like I feel like that gets him like, oh, they get it. They, they, they get it. That like you go back, like talk about, like, I've heard so many ways explained about Eve. But in the midst of that question from the, from from the enemy, what if Eve just gave God praise right there? Like, what would he have done? Like, in the midst of that, like, you know what? Her confidence in me is so good. She ain't even gonna respond to that question. She won't even have a response to him. She gonna give me praise. And I feel like that's like. And Jesus showed us that when he was tempted, he he didn't give him like, okay, dude, like I'm, you know, this is where this is. I hear what you're saying, but this is where we are. And so I, I love how you said that. And I really feel like there's people on here because I know me and you're on stage. So you see people, how they worship all the time. You, you got your runners, you got your people that are laid out and you got your people that are, they just, you know, like, and it's, and, and it's funny because you see them and you think like, do you not feel the music or do you not, no, you don't, you don't feel something else. You, you don't, you don't have that. And I do feel like there's like, you know, new believers, I feel like don't always fully get worship. Because I know for me, I didn't understand worship like that. 
But once you get the understanding of what worship is and what it means and what he's done for you, like nothing else matters at that point. So if you choose it not to do it after all of that, I mean, hey, that's that's on you. Like, quite honestly, that that's that's between you and him. But I really like, I, you know, I, I love where this where this episode is going, talking about insecurity and worship, because I feel like that's like one of the first freeing experiences you have as a believer is, is worship. Like, I feel like people, like, I wonder, is there ever been studies like when you first become a Christian? Because that's even a step of insecurity you get over right you you you're you're acknowledging the fact i can't do this on my own i need god i believe he's lord and savior of my life but then what are those like first things you start to step out on right like baptism that's an outward show worshiping outward that's an outward show um pray praying out loud like i know believers i know i struggled with that like i don't want to like i pray to my i pray in my head i worship in my head i keep it all in here but when you start to really stretch out of those things, those insecure, insecure walls or insecure thoughts, like you really don't give the enemy nothing to stand on at that point, because that's really, you know, and I would love to get your perspective on that. Like, as you start breaking down insecurities in your life, right? Like, what do you feel like that does for not just for the believer, but also for the enemy? Because I really feel like that's all he has to stand on is your insecurity. So let I me mean, go, you know, I said enough. I'm gonna let you go ahead. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, first I have to address the, the, the first like root principle is that we were created to worship God. You know, we were created to be praisers and be worshipers. And so obviously not, like I said, you don't have to be able to sing or play an instrument, but because our examples of worship have commonly been put to music or set to music, or we have, uh, you know, part of our church services religiously and traditionally that's considered the praise and worship portion. We attribute it to being music, but it has nothing to do with music. If you look up the word worship in the dictionary, it just means to ascribe worth to someone or something. I am, you know, it's worthship. I'm, I'm ascribing worth. I could give you praise right now. Praise is just accolades and compliments. I could say, Nick, wow, you, you look so great in blue. You should wear blue all the time. I really like your beard. Um, you're an amazing husband and father. I watch you all the time. Like that's giving you praise. Those are real compliments, by the way. Um, <laughs> and you know, so that you can give praise to anyone or anything at any time. The problem is that often God is not a priority and your your praise and your worship because we can i heard um the author zach niece he's a worship pastor at gateway church in texas and he said it like this if i buy four tickets to a movie for me my wife and my two kids and we sit there for two hours and we enjoy this movie and then we buy some popcorn to enjoy at the movie and then we leave the movie and we tell our friends about the movie and how great it was and we post online about the movie and we like the movie on imdb okay we have just described so much worth to this movie we ascribe $10 a piece for tickets. We ascribe two hours out of all of our time. Our time is very valuable, especially our time as a family. Um, we have ascribed our, our followers worth, you know, like how much do I consider like other people's opinions? I want to drive other people and advertise this to other people. That's ascribing worth to that movie. So we worship a whole lot of things <laughs> and a whole lot of people. But at the end of the day, God just should be priority. 
And I think that's what he's trying to get from us. And I love that you were transparent about your testimony with learning how to be expressive in worship and prayer, because I believe that's something that a lot of people struggle with. You know, they, um, because we're insecure and because we're concerned about what other people think of us, or we've been rejected or made fun of, or made to feel less than in some way, um, or we've seen it as being a negative example. Maybe we've seen people who look a little crazy doing something that, you know, it's like, I don't want any part of that. And so we somehow esteem it as being lower when in reality, that's the best place we could possibly be in. And yeah, we could, you know, look royally foolish like David <laughs> jumping around to the point where we're sweating and, you know, my jacket falls off and my hair is messed up and I'm losing the eyelash. Like that's how I was on Sunday. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, like, first of all, praise is triggered a lot of times in, in moments and environments and atmospheres like that when you remember something that God did. So whether that's me remembering how he raised my cousin up literally off of a deathbed with COVID-19 or the time that he did the same thing for my mom or the time that he provided for me and my husband through a pandemic when neither one of us were working, you know, if I remember something that he did, it doesn't take much for me to say, wow, thank you. You are so good. You're a provider. You're great. You're awesome. You're powerful. How did you do this? You're a healer. Like God, I am in awe of you. That's praise. And it doesn't have to be, you know, jumping up and down and headbanging and spinning around and running around the room. But if that's the way that you would express your love and your appreciation and your gratitude to somebody who did all of that for you, then by all means, run, jump, scream. You know, I would never encourage or never discourage anyone who is a loud praiser or is an extravagant praiser, but I would also never discourage anyone whose heart and intent was actually involved in it. And maybe they didn't jump as high. Or maybe they didn't run as far. They didn't scream as loud. Uh, but the difference is the heart. Like, like I said, you know, if, if you're sitting there and you say like, oh, it doesn't take all of that. I'm just going to be right here. God knows my heart. I love him. I'm just going to raise my hands at half mass. And, you know, that's the equivalent of if me and my husband were on a date night and I don't want to hold his hand. I don't really want to put his arm around me. I don't want him to kiss me. Um, kind of like just here. Like, yeah, we're, I'm here. I'm on date night. What do you want from me? That's how some people go to church. You know, they just go and I'm just here. I'm just, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy, you know, what's being said to me. I'm not really going to say anything back because I don't know if I have anything to say back right now, but I'll say something back eventually. Like, and we make it about us. In reality, it's an exchange. It's a relationship. You know, we can't have a one-sided relationship with anybody and expect it to be successful. So it's just, it's very important that we do express our love to God in worship because he has gone above and beyond to express his love to us. Yeah. I, I think that's like, I, 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 like I have stuff to say, but at the same time, it's like, like all, all I can really say is this, like, I, I feel like when we're and again, you may not be the running around the church, jumping up, cutting backflips. Although I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do a backflip in worship. I'm sure it's happened. I've never seen it. Really have. But, oh wow! <laughs> but I, I really feel like it's 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 all it's all rooted in what you just said. What you remember that he did for you when, like remember when, like think about that Michael Jackson song. Do you remember the time? Like when he did this, 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 and this, like, and I think that that, and again, I, you know, that ties into a whole nother um, 
feeling that people have. Um, and we're not even going to touch in the pride, but I feel like if you can sit there and remember when God did A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and for most of us, we can have every letter in the alphabet and then some of what he did when, like if that's not enough to get you out and not necessarily out of your seat, like you said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not asking or, or encouraging because for some people that, that is not like, but there's a way, like you just said, you went through a whole example of praising him and worshiping him in the moment. Like it wasn't, a, you didn't break out in song. You didn't have no runs. You didn't, you didn't do no hums. Like my grandmother used to do at three in the morning, just sitting in the kitchen, just humming. Like I had one of those grandmas. Like I didn't know what she was saying, but she, she ain't know either. But she, when she ran out of words, it was humming um, and, and, and moans. And I mean, it was just, that's what it was. And it was worship though. And I didn't understand what that was back then. But I, but as I got older, that was her remembering in the moment in, in, in the midnight hour, as they used to say, um, of what God did when. And it, it's like, I, I don't even know how to really get, it's like one of those things like you can explain to somebody, but it, but you won't get it until you get it. Like, like if that makes sense, like you just got to be in that moment. Like if you don't, like I, and I know your, your husband, John, we were, been all on this last dance doing our Instagram commentary. But it was that moment, like, when Jordan was like, you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. And I remember, like, people like, why is he getting so emotional? If you don't, if it, I can explain it to you, but if you don't get it, you don't get it. Like, until you get it, you won't understand what that is. And worship is an experience. It is something that you get to give God back everything he's done for you and that's where like he's not concerned with your insecurity at that point like he he's concerned with it in other areas and he'll be there with you but when it comes to his worship like he's like hey like I, i'll save your life like let's just bottom line this let's just get to the point because yeah. because god can list i mean we can list all the twenty-five thousand things he did for us but at the end of the day god's gonna be like i saved your life like you made a decision to come to me and follow me and I saved your life. And we have to what understand. am I going to get? Yeah. We have to understand that his value doesn't change. Like his, what he's worth doesn't change whether we worship him or not, you know, but he created us because uh, he didn't have a void. He wasn't insecure. You know, like I know a lot of people, I've heard preachers kind of twist that and make it seem like he made people because he was lonely. <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> he just wanted a reflection of himself in something that he made. He was a creator. I mean, I'm creative and you're creative, you know, but if I never created anything that was a reflection of what's up here and in my head, I would feel unfulfilled in some kind of way because that is who I am. It's a part of me. If I'm not speaking or writing or singing, then it's kind of like, why am I, you know, why am I here? <laughs> you put me here with these gifts and with this creative ability, I should be doing something with that. And so it's just God getting a return on his investment in the earth whenever we in turn like create and we do these things and we live our lives to the fullest, then we're literally worshiping him just by living, just, you know, by being who we are, being who we were created to be, by you doing this podcast, by me being on here talking 
you know, we're worshiping God right now because we're ascribing worth to him. We're praising him and we're making his name known and making his name famous. And that's praise if I ever heard of it, you know, a, a lot of people really do just try to lock it down to it has to be in a church setting. Or has, and that's why um, this whirlwind of revival that's hitting our world right now is so crazy because I mean, I've been saying it for months, just kind of almost like a cliche since we got our new building at, you know, the Spirit Bank Event Center Transformation Church, but there's no building big enough to hold the revival. Like there's just, there's no building <laughs> that could hold all of the worshipers. Like we wouldn't all fit in. And if we all got into the biggest amphitheaters and, you know, arenas all over the world, it still wouldn't contain what God is and what he's worth and how much of an expression that he deserves. Um, so I think at this time, it's just a call and a challenge for all of us from our homes, from our uncomfortable positions, to still be who we were created to be and to be worshipers. Yeah. And, it, and it's so funny because even in, like you talked about, in the midst of this, like we're, we, we go to, like people will go to church and won't worship because of uncomfort, right? I'm in this place of people. But now you are in the most comfortable place you probably know, which is your home, watching this experience, and you still won't worship. You still won't. And it's, again, it's not about singing a song. It's not about that. But you still won't take a moment to give God a piece of your day, a piece of whatever you're going through. And, and I get it. You know, people are going to listen to this podcast, and they're going to be going through a whirlwind of stuff. If I said, hey, y'all, email me what you're going through, I would get a laundry list of things from the littlest thing to the most massive thing in the world. But that's what I, like you said, his value didn't diminish based on the value you assign to your problem. Because we assign value and priority and size and magnitude to our issues. We do that. God doesn't do that. The only, the only magnitude and value he's concerned with is his own. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what it is. And, and I've heard, you know, I've, even with this pandemic, I've heard pastors and prophetic people, oh, this is God punishing us. This is, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I mean, did he tell you that? Like, <laughs> what are you talking? Like, okay. And I think the best way I've heard it is God is allowing this to happen. And he's still on the throne. Like, I remember Bishop used to always say that, like, God's still on the throne. It didn't matter what was going on. He's still there. Like, he didn't, like, I feel like people are like, oh, my gosh, God must have been, God just out. He gone. Like, he said, COVID-19, I, I, I got to, I don't know. Oh, my God. Like, no. No, 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 no. God does not have coronavirus. <laughs> right. Like, that's not a, that's not a. No, he is still on the throne. He is still in control. It's just a matter of will we, and I looked at it this way, like coronavirus has your attention, which makes you use, you know, things can have your attention, but do they have your focus? And I think people are focused so much on coronavirus that they've taken their focus off of God. Like you can know what's going on. And I'll, and I equate it to this. And, and, and for those that don't know, I'm a big sports, so everything I use probably will. I use sports analytics all the time, 
But I always wonder, and I've coached sports, I've coached basketball, but you talk about being in a room full of people. I've always like had this thought, like I've never coached in something bigger than like 5,000 people. Right. But I've seen, we see sports all the time where you have coaches in arenas of 100,000 people and they can hear everything, but where's their focus at? So I can be in this room in this arena of 100,000 people and let's just, you know, we'll call it college football and I'm the road team. So that's even worse because I hear 100,000 people that don't want me to do what I'm trying to do. So everybody, you know, my team is blue and gold. They, they yellow and they, they red and white and everybody in the crowd got red and white and we'd only yellow and gold in the whole tri-state area. But am I going to focus on all of this noise? Or am I going to focus on what I came to do? And so I think even in the midst of pandemics, and I think like you talked about with worship, like all of this doesn't matter if where you, you know, if your focus isn't on what does matter, because God is literally just sitting here like, okay, I see y'all complaining. I see you posting CNN. I see you mad at the president. I see you mad at 3M for not making enough masks. I see you mad at New York for not opening up Times Square. You're mad at California because, like, okay, you're mad at Target because they told you to put on a mask and now you're getting crazy and shooting people. Like, this is what we're going, but where are the worshipers at? That's all he wants to know. And so as we kind of bring this in, like, I want, like, you know, kind of people are going to listen to this and, and you know, they're going to they're gonna take what they're going to take away from this this episode. But as we close it out, like, what do you, what would you tell people, like, whether it's dealing with insecurity, whether it's dealing with, you know, that worship unto God and that communication to him, like, where we, where would you just rest at for them um, as we close it? Well, um, the biggest thing I think that we need to remember is you always have something to be thankful for, first of all. Um, and if you can't think of anything for starters, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to it, that's a good start. <laughs> you have ears, you have eyes, you know, you have the ability to process and to think and to imagine and to create in your mind. Um, we, we have to start somewhere and breath is a good start. I mean, he breathed the breath of life into a pile of dust and made people like who does that <laughs> only god and uh it's so crazy i mean i know you love sports analogies so i'll tell this brief story real quick but when i was uh, i played basketball in high school and when um i think it was my sophomore year we were playing this championship tournament and i started feeling like this tightness in my chest and i couldn't really breathe very well and um, so, you know, I, I didn't want to call for a timeout cause I was just, I was that person, like, but I it started getting to the point where I jumped for a rebound and I came down and I got dizzy. Like the moment my feet hit the ground, like it went black. And so my coach kind of saw me do that a little, like, and she called a timeout. <laughs> she was like, do you need to sit down? Are you okay? I can't really breathe, you know? And then it started coming out. Um, so she made me get off the court. I was mad about that. And, you know, because we're up in the game and I'm like, I want to be out here. I don't want to be on the sideline. And it was a really, really close, tight game. And I felt like, I mean, I'm, I'm playing center. Like, like, I felt like I was really a necessary piece. I'm the tall one on my team, you know. 
Um, but in that moment, I mean, I had to humble myself because I couldn't breathe. <laughs> so it's like, you, you're not going to be any good, you know, if you, if you can't breathe, like it doesn't matter how great your limbs work. It doesn't matter how great your legs work. It doesn't matter how much you can see yourself shooting the ball. If you can't breathe, you can't run anywhere. And so I had to take a moment and catch my breath. And I found out from a doctor later on, which I, I canceled it in the spirit, but the doctor tried to tell me that I had exercise induced asthma. I was like, first of all, what is that? No, we're not going to have that because I have way too much exercising to do for the rest of my life. And I'm 17 years old. This is not going to work. Um, so I'll, the only reason I tell that story is um, I, it, it was just such a profound moment to realize like how my breath was attacked and it took away my ability to function in every other area. Like my vision started getting blurry. I started feeling dizzy. I was, you know, I was already sweating from running and that it just, it made me feel overheated. Like my whole body system could not function without breath. And that is one thing that science cannot figure out. Like if they could figure out how to give people artificial breath in their lungs, then nobody would die. <laughs> like we would just, we wouldn't have a problem with COVID-19 that attacks respiratory systems, you know? Um, but the one thing that we have that sets us apart from you know every other inanimate object is that we can breathe and that's because god breathed into us and then he said let everything that has breath praise the lord so if we're inhaling if you're able to do this number one it's a healing exercise <laughs> just breathe if you're worried if you have anxiety just breathe there's a little, I just got an Apple watch and they have a thing on here that just says calm and breathe. And it's a little circle that expands. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's the most healing thing to just sit and be at one with your breath. And it reminds me of that moment that I couldn't breathe. Like I literally, my chest tightened up. I almost passed out. My dad had to literally like carry me out of there and take me to the, the urgent care. And like, it was just very traumatic experience because I was like, if I can't breathe, I can't do anything else. But then now being able to have this breath in my lungs, like, the, it makes me think of the song. It, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Literally, I mean, that song is the very reason why we exist in so many different ways because the only reason why we're alive and breathing is because God breathed into us. But the reason why we're alive and breathing is so that we can return that breath to him in praise and worship. So if you don't open your mouth and say it, it doesn't count. If you don't express it, it's not real because it has to get from your heart to your hands. It has to get from your heart out of your mouth or else the, you know, the, the relationship is one-sided. And like I said, he's given us the greatest, um, I mean, showering of love with just all the blessings that he gives us in our daily lives. But let's just think about the cross for a second. I mean, I heard someone refer to it uh, as the engagement ring. Like Jesus is the groom and he's proposing to his bride and the cross is the engagement ring. Like, I mean, I don't know how much more of a romantic gesture you can get <laughs> than you're giving your life at this point because that's how much you love somebody. And this, this gift of life is going to give us freedom forever and access to the God of everything we could ever need in life forever. Um, so he's already showered us with love. He's given us a whole PDA. You know, we, we have to return that public display of affection to him 
And um, in order to do that, we got to overcome our insecurities because we have to be all of the people that God has created us to be, all the worshipers God has created us to be on this earth in front of people so that they can see our good works and praise our Father in heaven. Well, I, I don't, I, there ain't nothing else to say on that one. I, I think you done, you done brought it on home. I, and that, that's so key because it's, I mean, and I'm not saying that in a funny way either. It's like that, if if you didn't get anything out of this whole episode, that right there, like you, if you have the breath in your lungs, that you be, I think the one thing, like I'm be at one with your breath. Be at one with the one who gave you breath. Like when you have that connection, like the insecurity that comes with who's going to see me doing this outward expression, that, that literally goes away because the people who you're worried about didn't give you breath. Like they, they had nothing to do with that. Um, they won't have anything to do with anything else that he's going to do. Like, and I think that's, I love how you said that because for me, and I'm, and I know you, you would, you probably could attest to it too the moment I started to get confidence in what I was doing with this podcast was the minute I stopped worrying about what other people thought about it. Like I, it didn't matter. And so I think for anybody out there, whatever it is you're doing, whatever, whether it's that book, whether it's that song, whether it's that movie, that anything like getting over those insecurities, but then remembering the one who's giving you the ability and the skills to do what that thing is. And so Man, like I, I, I really feel like this episode. People that are going to be listening to this, um, you, you're gonna you're gonna have to take, you have to replay this back and get you some notes and take something because it's really not just connected to your insecurity, but really how your response is to situations that involve your insecurity. Um, whether it, you know, like I said, through that worship, through that how you re- react to things, where your focus is. Um, these things go hand in hand. So Mel, I, I thank you so much because it's been a blessing to get this. I, I've gotten some things from this that I didn't even didn't even know I needed. So um, thank you so much. And for those that are listening, um, you know, like I said, I hope you share this episode. I hope you share all of them. But just th- this one, for some reason, I just really feel like the Holy Spirit just just set up in this this episode for a little bit and just spoke some things that people have been wondering and thinking, um, whether it's around your insecurities, whether it's around your worship. And so thank you so much, Mel, uh, for coming on. Um, so much appreciated for sure. Um, and for everybody else watching, man, thank y'all so much for staying with us, uh, Vantage Point, and we're gonna see y'all next week, man. Uh, love you, peace, enjoy your week.